Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. Happy Monday and welcome to the Joe Carey Show right here on KTALK 1640 AM KYAH broadcasting throughout central Utah and coast to coast on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. It is a uh, a Monday, one day after Father's Day, a record-breaking uh, Father's Day. Um, and we'll talk about this uh, later on in the show, but think about how much money do you think is spent on Father's Day? Think about how much money is spent on Father's Day. And it it blew me away. I didn't think it was that much. Maybe I'm just not getting the right stuff. You know, maybe the other fathers are getting all the, you know, the cool tech gadgets. But uh, an amazing and incredible amount of money uh, spent on Father's Day. I want to talk about Father's Day and um, the number one gift fathers wanted this Father's Day. And we'll talk about that and see if you got that gift. But I want to talk about uh, an election. I want to start the show with an election that took place in Denver. And uh, they just uh, elected a new city council member who, when she was campaigning, said uh, that she was – this is a quote. She was excited to usher in communism by any means necessary. And she just won the city council district number nine. This is what she said when she was running, when she was campaigning. And it is a liberal progressive district. She said that I don't believe our current economic system actually works. Capitalism by design is extractive. And you want to talk about extractive? Capitalism by design is extractive, and in order to generate profit in a capitalist system, something has to be exploited. That's land, labor, or resources. Well, it's funny because how does socialism or communism produce anything? She says to generate a profit, but I would say to produce anything, how do you do it? Yeah, well, you've got to use the land, labor, or resources. I mean, you can say that's capitalism, but the reality is it's anything. So she goes on and says, and I think that we're in a late uh, phase capitalism, and we know it doesn't work, and we have to move into something new. And I believe in community ownership of land, labor, resources, and distribution of those resources. Think about this. We believe, I believe in community ownership of land, labor. Well, when she says community ownership of labor, you know what she's talking about, right? That's you. That's your time. That's your effort. That's your product. She's saying that she believes in community ownership of land, labor, resources, and distribution of those resources. And this is the line. And so whatever that morphs into, I think is what will serve community the best. And I'm excited to usher it in by any means necessary. Can you imagine if a conservative or libertarian or capitalist said this same thing? By any means necessary? That usually doesn't end with a smiley face, right? That's usually not the smiley face emoji at the end of that statement. Usually it's the barrel of a gun. Right? Look at North Korea. Look at Cuba. Look at Venezuela. They got to where they are, and they're kept in that kind of servitude because any means necessary meant we will strip you of your rights, we'll strip you of your uh, protections, we'll strip you of your right to self-defense. And then, yes, your resources, your labor, your product, they will all belong to the state. Now, I will say this, this individual who won, I give her credit. I mean, most communists, most socialists come into power not by proclaiming that they're socialist or communist. You know, they hide behind it. They dodge it. Right? Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren. Right? They don't come out and say, well, I'm a socialist or like Bernie, even Bernie Sanders, right? I'm a Democrat socialist. What does that even mean? 
It means that the word socialism has too much baggage, and they can't assume that baggage. They don't want to identify a socialist, not because they don't believe in the policies. They don't want to have to defend the failures of socialism, and that's all there is. So this young lady comes out and says, I believe in community ownership of land, labor, resources, and distribution of those resources. And she wins. She's elected. You don't think we are a different country today than we were 10 years ago? She runs as a democratic socialist and she wins. I would argue that four out of the top five Democrats running for the office of president espouse and endorse and promote socialist policies. They're too clever to call them socialist policies, but that's what they are. And four of the five, they're all in four of the five. They're they're the top candidates right now, the top uh, contenders. But I give this young lady in Colorado kudos for at least pretending that she's a socialist, you know, by not calling it something else. But when you talk about community ownership of land and labor, don't confuse those things. That means you don't have private property. You don't have private rights. It means what you do, how you do it, where you do it, how long you do it, that's all determined by the state. Absolutely frightening, frightening that someone like this can garner the votes and win. Absolutely amazing. Now, I also want to just spend a little bit of time, uh, and this is breaking news. Uh, Kyle Kashuv, he was uh, a survivor from the Parkland uh, shooting. And he was a, he's pro-Second Amendment when a lot of his classmates were going down the road of, you know, uh, take away gun rights, shut down the Second Amendment. Uh, Kyle was actually very vocal in pushing and promoting the Second Amendment. And he's, he's gained some notoriety. He's gained a following online for his positions. And to my surprise, not because of his academics, but because of the politics of Harvard, Kyle was actually admitted into Harvard. He was supposed to start in September. And they sent him the acceptance letter. He accepted, on track to get into Harvard. Then some individuals who have an ax to grind with uh, Kyle's politics started going through his social media. Now, Kyle's 18 today. I believe the shooting took place when he was 17. Well, at 16, he belonged to a private uh, online group, and he himself admits, look, I said some things that I shouldn't have said for their shock value. And he says he regrets using them, and they really didn't get into what was said. But he says, look, I was 16. I went through an experience at 17 that changed my life. You know, a mass shooting at my school, it changed who I was. Harvard, when presented with the uh, social media exchange, the private social media exchanges when he was 16, has now rescinded his offer to attend. They said, you know, we accepted you. We didn't know this about you at the time. And because we now know who you were at 16... You're not permitted to come. You're not going to um, be accepted. We're rescinding the, uh, the acceptance. So he posts online and he says, look, this is what Harvard just did to me. And he said, look, when I was 16, I exchanged these private messages. They were in a private group. Um, he says it doesn't excuse it. And I said some things that I shouldn't have said. And I probably believed in some things that, that have changed since then. So my question to Harvard is, you know, you let felons into the university because the felons say, look, I'm changed. I'm different. You have the governor of the state of Virginia 
right? He's either in blackface or he's wearing the, the hood, the KKK hood. Does he get invited to speak at Harvard? Is he allowed to speak at Harvard? Who decides who gets forgiveness, who gets mercy, and who doesn't? We'll be back with more right after this break. The other thing is, when we come back, in addition to talking about mercy and forgiveness, I want to talk about due process and what it means and why it's essential for who we are as a people. We'll be back right after this break on K-Talk, 1640 AM. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. Life is lived by moving forward, seizing the open road, embracing what's ahead. It's why we created Ford Pass, everything you need to keep forging ahead in one app right in the palm of your hand. Only Ford Pass combines roadside assistance, Ford Pass rewards, and now when you buy or lease a new Ford, earn points you can use toward flexible complementary maintenance. Ford Pass, built to keep you moving, built Ford proud. Visit your participating Ford dealership to find out about earning points for flexible complimentary maintenance when you buy or lease a new Ford and sign up for rewards. Roadside assistance is included for certain Ford owners and available to everyone for a per-service fee. Ford reserves the right to change program details without obligations. Visit your participating dealer or FordPassRewards.com for program rules and restrictions. Ford Pass, compatible with select smartphone platforms, is available via a download. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way.com. Imagine doing business with a company that seeks to add massive value before asking for your business. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the co-owner of Advantage Gold and the author of the now national best-selling book, Gold is a Better Way. This book may not be for you, but if you're like most people, you'll be blown away when you learn why gold is set to soar to over $10,000. And as a bonus for hitting the bestsellers list, I've been gifted 250 copies from my publisher. If you have an IRA or 401k with over $100,000, I want to send you a copy of the national bestselling book. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. To claim your free national bestselling book now. No salespeople, no rigmarole. Just call 800-900-8000 to claim your free national best-selling book now. We promise to add massive value before ever asking for your business. Call 800-900-8000. Gold is a better way. That's 800-900-8000. Weekday afternoons, rub shoulders with trusted voices of truth and insight. The American Mutso Show with Eric Mutso's. The Reed Hour with Lawrence W. Reed. Loving Liberty with Brian Hyde. The Liberty Effect with Ammon Bundy. And Stranger Than Fiction with Ralph DeLugas. Right here on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on K-Talk 1640 AM and KYAH and Coast to Coast on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in and listening. You know, I, I want to talk about this Kyle Kashuv. You know, he pro-Second Amendment, gets into Harvard. Uh, he's 18. At 16, he admits he was on a private online group, said some things he shouldn't have said. Harvard says, you know what? You're out. You don't have the character uh, to, to be here at Harvard. You know, and to the extent Harvard is a private school, um, yeah, they get to make their own rules. But don't they have to apply those rules fairly? How do you allow the governor of Virginia to come and speak at Harvard? I mean, what the governor of Virginia did, he did much later in life, right? He did it medical school. You have the lieutenant governor operating under uh, accusations of, I believe, rape and sexual assault. 
does Harvard have a duty? Does it have an obligation to apply those rules equally? 801-331-8113. 801-331-8113. Would like to hear your opinion on this. I mean, I watch my own kids and the way they interact online. And I'm always thinking, and I'm always telling them, guys, you know, you got to be careful because the, the record is going to be there of everything. Who you associated with, what was said, what wasn't said. If somebody said something off color, are, are you obligated to speak up and, and put that person down? You have Hillary Clinton. We have evidence now that the secrets on her computer, the server that was in her bathroom... That those secrets ended up on the dark web. We know that now. Is she being treated the same way as someone else who compromised state secrets would be treated? Absolutely not. I mean, where do we draw the line on this? I mean, due process, right? I mean, that's at the core of who we are as a country. And due process just means it's just a fancy legal term. It just means we're fair. That the same law that applies to you is going to apply to the prince, to the queen, to the chef. The same law applies to everyone equally. That's what due process means. And I think what we're seeing now is an erosion of that fundamental right. What we're seeing now is, well, if it helps my guy, let's apply the law. If it hurts my guy, you know what? Let's look in the other direction. The problem with that mentality is if it happens enough, nobody trusts the law to be fair. Right? That's the problem. You have that, uh, I believe, Navy SEAL, right? He's, he's in trial for murder. And we find out that the prosecution was actually peeking at the defense emails. I think the whole case should have been thrown out. The judge just said, well, we're going to cap the, uh, the ultimate penalty that can be imposed. We're going to cap it. Aren't you just condoning that kind of malfeasance? You know, regardless of how you feel about the uh, Carol and Clive and Bundy and Ammon Bundy and Ryan Bundy, regardless of how you feel about them personally and their tactics and what they did, the federal judge presiding over their case concluded that the prosecution cheated on 13 occasions. On 13 separate occasions, the prosecution violated the rules. And because of that, because of the totality, the impact of those 13 violations, the judge said, you know what? The Bundys can't get a fair trial. And she tossed out the case. Now, she should have tossed it out with prejudice, meaning they can't come back, but she didn't. And now the prosecution's dithering in the, uh, the Ninth Circuit trying to get a, a 19th bite at the apple against the Bundys. Regardless of how you feel about the Bundys, you should look at that and say, what happened? Right? When you walk into that courtroom, it's supposed to be you're on equal footing with the government. And my question has been, and it continues to be, when are the members of the prosecution going to be punished? When do they go on trial? When does somebody call them into court and say, hey, you violated these rules. These rules meant to protect the innocent. Yes, the innocent, because you're what? You are innocent until you are proven guilty. So the 13 occasions they broke the rules, they, they violated those rules against the innocent. They wanted to send innocent people to prison. Yeah, that, that's a pretty egregious violation. But, you know, the people that, you know, uh, are against the Bundys and against what they believe in and against, you know, what the tactics they used, they, they're like, well, it's, it, it's okay because it was the Bundys. 
it's okay because they deserved it. Yeah, the problem is every time we look the other way, that impartial judicial system that we are supposed to have faith in, it loses credibility. It slips in stature. And eventually you get to the point where people just don't trust it. So instead of saying, hey, you know what, we're going to fight this out in court, they decide to fight it out in the streets. Instead of saying, I'm going to sue you, they say, just meet me out back. We've seen it happen in country after country. And I think that's part of the problem, right? You know, we see some of these Democrat proposals for the court, for the Supreme Court. And it's always the same, right? Like now they want to say, let's, let's appoint five Republican justices. Let's, re- let's appoint five Democrat justices. Let those 10 judges, those 10 justices, let them appoint five independent justices. Well, setting aside the constitutionality of that, which, which I don't think it ever gets past the Supreme Court, right, because the advice and consent have to come from Congress and the president has the power to appoint. But aren't they just admitting that, you know what, the court, the court system is nothing more than partisan? That no one really looks to the Constitution. Nobody really looks to the rule of law. Nobody considers original intent. It's just what these, you know, nine men or women decide the law is. That's scary, too. Why have a Congress? Just let the Supreme Court make up the laws and enforce the laws. You had Justice Thomas come out today. And he said, look, you know, we've got to look at this thing called stare decisis. And stare decisis is just a fancy way of saying precedent, right? So when the Supreme Court says something is the law of the land, later on down the road, a different Supreme Court has to look at that decision with deference. It has to look at it and say, well, you know what? Before we overturn this decision, we've got to be really careful. And what Justice Thomas said is no. Our allegiance, our devotion should be to the Constitution, not to what the Supreme Court said the Constitution said, but to the Constitution. And you know what? If a court interpreted the Constitution wrong, ignore that decision. Blow by it. Move on. I guarantee you the left is going to go nuclear over Justice Thomas's thoughts and opinions. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, now more than ever, we need to know who we are and surround ourselves with good people, principled people, people that will help us make good decisions. We'll be back right after this break. Thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Egypt State TV says the country's ousted president, Mohamed Morsi, has collapsed during a court session and died. The 67-year-old was attending a court session Monday in his trial on espionage charges when he blacked out and then died. Mexico is stepping up its efforts to control the flow of migrants to the U.S.-Mexico border, announcing they're sending troops to their southern border. Senate Majority Leader Republican Mitch McConnell says Democrats have not done much to help the president when it comes to the border. I think they're suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. You know, whatever he's for, they are reflexively against. But this is humanitarian. This is not, you know, we want to build a wall. We think the president's made a good case for that. That's not what this is about. This is just the humanitarian part of the problem on our side, obviously, of the border. McConnell was speaking there on Fox News, and you're listening to USA Radio News. Oh, my gut. We need to talk about something. 
constipation, abdominal pain, and bloating. You tell yourself, it's not that bad. You take laxatives and modify your diet and exercise routine. But thinking about it all the time is frustrating. This doesn't have to define you. If your constipation comes back again and again and you don't know why, then it may be time to seek help. Go to ohmygut.info where you can learn more about your symptoms and get to know your gut. That's ohmygut.info. Ohmygut.info. At Walgreens, we know that your day doesn't stop for diabetes. So when you've got places to go and people to see, count on Walgreens every day to get expert diabetes advice 24-7. Find all major brands of testing supplies like Walgreens True Metrics in-store and online. And download tools to help you stay on track, like our five-star mobile app with Pill Reminder. At Walgreens, we are your diabetes go-to. Stop by and talk to your pharmacist today. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. An alleged active shooter in Dallas is in custody. Reports say the man was arrested after he fired shots at the Earl Cobble Federal Building. Police are searching for possible explosive devices near the building. Monday is the anniversary of the world's most famous police chase. USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes has the details. A few days ago marked 25 years since the discovery of two bodies, which led to what was called the trial of the century. Well, now it's been 25 years since the most famous police pursuit in history. OJ, you there? Over 95 million people are believed to have been watching the white Ford Bronco lead police on a low-speed chase through Southern California on June 17, 1994. Inside, OJ Simpson. At the wheel, Simpson's friend Al Cowling who was on the phone with police much of the time. Simpson eventually surrenders to police, but in the end was acquitted of the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. This is USA Radio News. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk 1640 AM, KYAH broadcasting through Central Utah and coast to coast on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Liberty Hills Academy, but uh, as a way of introduction, I just want to share something that happened over this Father's Day weekend. And, um, you know, all the kids today, I shouldn't say all my kids, you know, they, they play these online games. You know, when I was growing up, it was, you know, it wasn't jacks, you know. It was jacks was before my time, you know. We didn't we didn't play jacks, but you know we played board games, and we played with people. We went out, we rode bikes together. Well, today the kids they just play with kids from all over the world, and you know they're on their headphones and their microphone, and they're playing with somebody in Michigan or Mumbai or Berlin, and you know they join these teams together, and you accomplish your mission with all these other people. And you know I was talking to my kids, and I was like, well, guys, you know. Um, who are they? You know, because you refer to them as the screen name, but do you really know who they are? And, of course, the answer is no. We have no idea. You know, we, are they good? Are they, who are they? And so we started talking, and, you know, the standard that we agreed to use, you know, when you're on a team with these other players is because you really can't ask them any questions. Right? You can't say, are you a good person or a bad person? The standard that we agreed to use was, you know, do they reinforce what your mom and dad teach you, right? Are they using the appropriate language? Are they using language that mom and dad don't let you use? Are they saying things that, you know, we wouldn't say in the home? And that's the standard. And, you know, even then it's, it, you know, but it just got me thinking that, you know, we live in this age where, and we'll talk about this in the next segment, that... It's hard to trust anything. And those things we can trust, we have to gravitate towards, we have to hold on to them as if life itself depended on it, because I think those are the times we're entering. We have Tiffany from Liberty Hills Academy, and I think that, you know, Liberty Hills is just one of those institutions that gets it. They understand that education is more than just, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic. It's about character. So, Tiffany, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having me, Joe. You know, there's a kind of an an object lesson that reinforces what you're saying, and it's that you can take a wonderful um, invention like stainless steel, which is a wonderful, strong material, but if you put it near hydrochloric or sulfuric acid, it will corrode. 
even something as strong as stainless steel will. But if you put um, just pig iron, basic pig iron, in the right environment, it can be preserved and uh, without rust or corrosion. And so our environment influences us quite a great deal. Um, there's a quote from uh, Marshall Foster, who wrote the book, The American Covenant. And he said, there is no neutral or secular area of life. When we set up an area or institution not acknowledging God's sovereignty, we become an enemy of God and are in rebellion. The public school system in America is a good example. It is not neutral religiously. It has simply exchanged the Christian religion for that of humanism. And so there are several problems there. One that we're teaching humanism, even though it's supposed to be a neutral environment, it isn't. And the other thing is we have a situation where students live, are in a peer-centric environment rather than a family-centric or um, mentor-centric environment because they just simply outnumber um, their teachers and their parents by so many, and they spend most of the day um, dealing with what their peers think and what their peers are doing rather than what adults are thinking and doing. And the fact of the matter is that our children need heroes desperately. Um, they need examples <clears throat> every day of people who are truly good and selfless and, and courageous in quiet ways. Um, they don't need to be perfect, but they need to be good. And at Liberty Hills Academy, we believe in saturating your child's education with examples from history and um, even people currently who are currently living and working that are doing heroic and amazing things. We want our children to have those examples and have those mentors because like you were mentioning, at some point they are going to have to be heroic to survive kind of the corrupt um, culture that we live in. Well, Tiffany, I was preparing this segment on you know Father's Day uh, to share with the audience, but it, as I was doing the research, I mean, the efforts and the lengths that uh, some in society are going to erase the role and the importance of fathers... You know, we talk about heroes and, you know, we're taking uh, the fathers and we're just saying, well, you're dispensable, right? I mean, we don't really need you. And just reinforcing that uh, notion. And it's that's not only happening, you know, in our culture, but it's happening in our in our school system. And yeah. I think that's why, you know, Liberty Hills with with your curriculum and your focus on, you know, those core principles and core values that we're not only ignoring in school, uh, schools are actively chasing those things out of their curriculum. Yes. Yes, I have a story of a teacher who for many, many years taught Corey Ten Boom's book, The Hiding Place. What a courageous family. They were so selfless and gave up every material thing and their physical safety to save their friends and neighbors. And what a glorious example of being a true Christian. And um, the principal told her she can't teach that book. It's there's There's too much about Jesus in it, and so... Um, she can't teach it, and I don't know anybody that teaches that book anymore other than uh, Christian schools. And it's really sad. Oh, it, last year, uh, you know, now they have basically have a year-round school, and my uh, 
my son had to pick out a book. And, of course, you know, it used to be you pick a book you want and you like and you read it and write a report. Now the school gives out a list of, I think, six books, and it's like, hey, choose one of these books and write a report on it over the summer. And as mm-hmm. I reviewed this list with my son, we go to a public school out here near Philadelphia. Um, you know, five of them just they shocked me in terms of the content, the sexuality, the vulgarity. We eventually decided on reading uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein because it was the the least objectionable. But it mm-hmm. it just showed me that, you know, as parents, if we are not on our toes all the time, right. it just seeps in. It, it comes in. You have about uh, one minute left, Tiffany. What would you like to say about Liberty Hills Academy? Well, I, I just would like to say that we are committed to giving your children an education with the best examples and the best books. And we work really hard to just pull the cream right off the top so that your child's not wasting their time. We, and we do, have, we do expect our students to read a lot. My, my junior high class um, read eight novels inside of class last year and eight outside of class. And um, I'm very proud of the work that they did. Um, But those books become part of who you are. Make sure your children are reading the best books. And please call us um, or or email us at admin at libertyhills.org. We'd love to have you come and tour the school and see if Liberty Hills is a fit for your family. Tiffany, I want to say thank you for taking the time to join us. We will talk to you later on in the week. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye. You know, that's libertyhillsacademy.org, libertyhillsacademy.org. I've been there. I've seen the school. I've met the teachers. I know the administrators. They do what they do because they absolutely love what they're doing. They love educating that next generation. Amazing school. Take the time. Email admin, A-D-M-I-N, admin at libertyhillsacademy.org. Well worth it. We'll be back on The Joe Carey Show right after this break. is built and based on liberties and freedoms. Liberty HealthShare brings that to health care. The liberty of choosing your own doctor. The liberty of choosing your own hospital. Liberty HealthShare makes health care affordable to millions of Americans. Ignite your liberty. Sharing plans starting at $199 for a single, $399 for a couple, and no matter how big the family, only $529. That's $529 for the entire family. To learn how you can save, go to lightyourliberty.com. That's lightyourliberty.com. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. Do you wish you could get better sleep and maybe lose a few pounds? Maybe more than a few pounds? 
Well, there's this product called Calitrin that helps with both sleep and weight loss. Just listen to what people are saying about it. I've been taking Calitrin for right about three months, and I've lost 24 pounds and 19 overall inches. But my sleep has improved. I have so much more energy, and I have the desire to succeed more than ever. Anyone who needs weight loss, more energy, and better sleep, this product really does deliver. I'm Roger. Uh, over the three months that I took the product, my sleeping habits uh, are increasingly much better. I got a better night's sleep, and uh, I just can't say enough about the product and how it makes you feel. Also, uh, I additionally lost a little bit of weight on the program as well. Hi, this is Erickson. I take Calitrin for weight loss, and I've lost about 20 pounds, and I feel great. Calitrin is scientifically proven to help with sleep and weight loss safely and effectively. Check it out at TopLoss.com. That's TopLoss.com. We could all use a little help stretching our food budget. So listen close, because what I'm about to share with you is one of Salt Lake City's best-kept secrets. Nikki's Wholesale Food Warehouse has an astonishing selection of foods purchased from a local food distributor, from fresh produce to restaurant-quality sauces, meats, and snacks at prices below wholesale cost. Seeing is believing. Go to the Nikki's Wholesale Food Warehouse Facebook page and like it and follow them. That's Nikki's Wholesale Food Warehouse. Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on Talk 1640 AM, KYAH, and the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thank you for all uh, tuning in and uh, listening to the show. You know, we'll go over our uh, – we have some updated uh, numbers for you. You know, we try to share them once a week. Um, we didn't do it last week. So, you know, let's hold off. Let's do that tomorrow. But uh, some good numbers that we wanted to share from you. And I, I share those numbers because it, it helps uh, – remind everyone that we're in this together, right? I mean, we are growing this brand, we're growing the network, and you are a are a major part of that. You telling your friends, you forwarding the email, you sharing a link about the show that you've come across on Facebook or Twitter. Thank you for all of that. It is reflected in the growth. It's reflected in the uh, the amount of time listened to the network, the downloads on podcasts. So thank you for doing that. Also, stay tuned. Right after this show, Eric Mutsos, uh, The American Hour, is up next right after uh, this show, uh, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You don't want to miss it. Um, you know, the, uh, the big story that came out over the weekend, uh, and let me help break this down for you. The, uh, every campaign, and this is sad in a way, but every major campaign, they do polling. And the best campaigns never stop polling. And they run their own polls all the time. They work with the pollsters. They develop the questions. And, and they try to get a sense of, you know, is our messaging working? Are we getting the message out? Do people give us credit for what we deserve credit for? Do people understand why we're building the wall, why we're for tariffs? And they use this feedback loop constantly to refine their messaging. Well, apparently the Trump campaign was doing some uh, internal polling, and it's called internal because those numbers are generated for and retained by the campaign. They're never meant to be shared publicly. Well, apparently the Trump campaign was doing some internal polling, and uh, the way I look at it, the way I figure it is somebody from the polling organization shared information from those polls, which they thought would embarrass the Trump campaign. And part of the information released was, you know, Trump is down by 20 points against Biden. You know, Trump's own polling shows he's going to lose. Well, there's two problems with that one. You know, every organization that does work with a campaign signs a non-disclosure, right? You can't share that information. And one of the reasons for that is that the polling is designed to extract certain kinds of data, right? So the questions are phrased in a certain way. Their location in the poll itself are, you know, it's, that's not just at a whim. That's all designed to measure certain data points, so to say, well, this is what this poll showed, it's really impossible to do that without knowing why that poll was taken, right? What was the campaign trying to accomplish with that poll? 
but the the liberal media they loved it, right? They jumped out. Oh, Trump's own polling is showing that he's down by twenty points against Biden. But isn't isn't it amazing? They never shared, you know, how they got that information. They never shared that it was information that may have been designed to elicit five or six other points. But what really amazes me is that remember how many pollsters got it wrong in 2016? I mean, almost universally, they were all right. Trump never had a chance. And part of it is this bias that uh, conservative adults or pro-Trump supporters won't talk to the pollsters. They simply don't answer their call or they just don't answer their questions. And we see it today. Look, even as I talk to my kids or the, the friends of my kids, they all say the same thing. We never share, you know, that we're conservative. We never talk about Trump at their school activities or, you know, at their sporting events. And they say because it's not worth it. It's not worth the blowback that's going to come our way. So if we have to write a report, we write it the way the teacher wants to read it. Look, I can't fault them for that. You know, you learn if, if you share something and you get shot down, you get shot down over and over and over again. Eventually you learn, you know what? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Now, the one poll the Democrats don't want to talk about, you know, they'll talk about this, this internal poll. And that is that their presumptive nominee, Joe Biden, is slipping in the polls, right? He was going to walk away with this thing. And I've told you on this show, I don't think he's going to end up being the nominee for the Democrat Party. I never did. And I still don't believe he's going to be the nominee. I believe the headwinds are too strong for Joe Biden. And before things are really heating up, he's already slipping. I, I think he's single digit now between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden. Single digits. In Minnesota, Elizabeth Warren, for the first time, is leading the state ahead of Joe Biden, ahead of Bernie Sanders. So Elizabeth Warren is surging. Joe Biden is slipping. And this is before the left has really come out against, you know, Joe Biden. I mean, when Trump gets a hold of him, I don't think he's going to be in the, uh, the onslaught. But I just wanted to share that for you. Just all these polls that are coming out. Remember, one, it's a snapshot in time. Two, the pollsters are just having a horrible time trying to figure out how do we measure the right audience, right? How do we find out who's really going to vote for which candidate, which nominee? It's getting harder and harder for pollsters because people just don't trust them. They don't trust the pollsters. They don't trust media. And I think that's, you know, the media's got to look in the mirror for that because I think they're accountable for that. I just want to, in the few minutes we have left, I want to talk about some events that happened this weekend, which were just, I think they're all tied together. And let's start with what happened in Argentina and Uruguay. 44 million people left without electricity for like three or four days. 44 million people, just a massive blackout that hit these two countries. Four days later, they still don't understand what caused these blackouts. You know, we live in an interconnected world. And I think to myself, wow, what happens? You know, if a state goes dark, you know, Target this weekend, they, uh, I didn't know this, but apparently all their cash registered are tethered together, right? They're all linked together over the internet. They had a nationwide two-hour outage that prevented the cashiers from scanning merchandise or processing transactions. Think about that. You know, you go to your Target store right there in Salt Lake City, and because there's a computer malfunction in, you know, Des Moines, Iowa, your sale's not going through. It's not being processed. That's an interconnected world. 
we had uh, Donald Trump was speaking in Iowa, and he ta- he's talking to farmers, right? Big corn, big farm, and he's talking about farming. He's talking about the tariffs, and he says, you know what? We're going to take a portion of that tariff money that we're raising, and we're going to reinvest it into technology because farmers, they depend on technology. And he used the phrase, I believe it was these internet tractors. And a CNN commentator jumped online and started to make fun of Donald Trump. Like, uh, Donald Trump said something about internet tractors. Ha, ha, ha. Right? Like, how dumb can Donald Trump be? Except I've spoken to real farmers. Not here in Philadelphia. We don't have any. We don't even have any farmland in Philadelphia. But in Idaho. And they were telling me, Joe, yeah, of course, all the tractors are controlled by GPS. I'm like, oh, wait, is somebody sitting in the tractor? They're like, no. Uh, how does it work? Well, we just give it the GPS coordinates, and it plants, it harvests, it does whatever we tell it to do. So when Donald Trump was talking about these internet tractors, he was on the money, and the CNN commentator is the one that didn't know what he was talking about. So what happens when that GPS goes down? What happens when that link-up isn't there? We live in an incredibly interconnected world, and it all starts with us, right? Our uplink has to be good. Our uplink has to be sound. We need to be grounded. I want you to stay tuned. Eric Mutsos up next. Remember, there's only two things you need to do. One, take the time to get right with God. Two, in a world where you can be absolutely anything, remember to be kind. We'll be back tomorrow right here on K-Talk, 1640 AM, KYAH, and the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.